Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Today, we are going to continue our series that we started last week called The Good Life. This is a study in the book of Philippians, and Philippians is a book in the Bible, and Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote this book. And so if you missed last week's, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. It was the first one in this series, but today, our title is this, How to Enjoy the People in Your Life. How to Enjoy the People in Your Life. Perfect Mother's Day message, right? Because maybe there's some moms here that needs to try to learn to enjoy their children. Maybe there's some children here that needs to try to learn to enjoy their mom. But would you all agree that we all have relationships that we need to work on, right? All of us. So I heard this story this week. Now here's a mom that needs today's message, okay? Listen to this story. A son tells his mom, I've fallen in love and I'm getting married. But just for fun, mom, I'm going to bring three girls over and I'm going to let you try to guess which one I'm going to marry. So the son brings the three girls over. The mom talks to all of them. And then afterwards, the son asks, who will I marry? The mom says immediately, the one in the middle. And the son is just amazed. How did you know, mom? How did you know that would be the girl that I would marry? The mom said, it's easy. She's the one I don't like. <laughs> this mom needs to hear today's message. She needs to learn to enjoy the people in her life. Can you agree with me with this, that if relationships are bad or if relationships are strained, life can be difficult, right? If they are bad or if you've got some relationships that are strained, life can be difficult. Okay, you ready? Look right at me. Don't look side to side. Don't look at that person. Just hold your head right there. Now, I've got a question I want to ask you. Do you enjoy the people that are around you? Just look at me. Just nod your head like this if you do or not. Yes. <laughs> so, some people are like, no, I don't enjoy the people in my life. <laughs> but listen, but really, do you enjoy your relationship with your spouse, your children, your coworkers, your friends? Do you enjoy them? Well, God wants us to enjoy them. So we do have a little problem that some of us need to work through today. Now, here's the problem that we want to work through. Because God doesn't want us to go from, he wants us to go from enduring people just tolerating people, just putting up with people, to actually enjoying people. And that's the way he wants us to live our life. So how are we going to do that, you may ask? How can I do that? Well, Paul is going to help us out. Like I said, we're going to look in the book of Philippians, and he's going to help us out. So the first point that we're going to go to is we must look for the best in people. Number one is look for the best in people. Listen to this verse. Philippians 1 and 3 says, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to God. Now, if you were here last week, and again, if you weren't here, you can go and you can listen to this online. You can just go to our our website and click on the media tab, and it's right there, and you can listen. But Jeff gave us a little bit of background about Paul. When Paul was in Philippi, he was arrested. He was uh, beaten. There was an earthquake. He was actually chained to a guard at all times. 
So for Paul to write this, knowing about all the hardships he suffered there, he was able to choose to look for the good in the people. Now, I don't know about you, but my natural tendency is when people hurt me, I don't always try to find the good immediately in that person. Do you? If you do, you're, you're, you're good. You're good. But me, naturally, and I would say for the most part, all of us, when somebody hurts us, our tendency is just to talk bad about them and to think bad about them. If someone hurts me, what do we usually say? I'm going to hurt them back. Well, that's Jeff's motto right there. Not good, is it? But listen to this one. This is not good either. If someone hurts me, I hold it in. That's what I do. And neither one of those are good. We don't need to hold on to the bad. We need to try to find the good. Now, just I want to take a time out, just a little bit, because as we go through today's message, I know a lot of you have some major hurts in your life. And I'm not saying today that we're going to deny those hurts, or we're we're trying to excuse the weaknesses in other people. You know, that would just be unhealthy for us. And sometimes we even have to get help with counseling to help us get over some hurts. But for the most part today, I just want to talk with us about learning to choose to focus on the good. We've got to learn to emphasize the strengths in others. Now, I've got a a deep truth that you probably did not know, and I'm going to share it with you today. It's going to blow your mind. You're going to walk out saying, that was worth coming today. Listen to this. There are no perfect people. Blew your mind, didn't I? Right there. That was worth coming. There's no perfect people. Everybody makes mistakes. Last week when I left the service, uh, I was going through our back room and I was just cleaning it up. Our music team and our production team, they're here all day and they hang out in this back room. And to be honest with you, sometimes they can be very messy people. And they mess up the room. And so I I was trying to go around. I was trying to clean up stuff. So I was throwing some water bottles in the trash, and then somebody had left some little red strips of paper and orange strips of paper and yellow strips, so I gathered those pieces of paper up, threw them in the trash, and then I went around and got some more papers, and then I came across this little brown paper lunch bag that had been colored on, and so I was about to throw it away, and I was like, oh no, this is one of our kids, they did this in kids' uh, place today, so I turned it over, and it had Lydia's name on it. So Lydia is five years old, she's about to turn six, and she's the daughter of Keith and Sarah Wages who attend here at our church. And I could hear them, they were still here, and they were in the cafe, so I said, oh, I'm going to run, I'm going to take this little uh, bag to her, I don't want her to leave her little bag. So I took it out to Lydia, and Lydia is so full of life, and she just grabbed the little bag, she put her hand, and she started making a puppet. Then all of a sudden she changed, she looked inside the bag, and she was like, where's my fire, like burning fire, where's my, I was like, I don't know where your fire is at. And then she said, it was the little red and yellow and orange pieces of paper. I was like, oh, no. We was at a crisis moment, you know. I'm dealing with this five-year-old. So I, was, I looked at Lydia, and I was just didn't change my face. I was like, hold on, Lydia. I'm going to go find that for you. So I went back in the room, and I was going back in. I was praying, oh, Lord, please don't let there be jelly from a biscuit on her fire. Or water has, you know done something to her fire you know so so I'm looking through the trash and here comes Lydia in she just comes skipping in and then I was like oh no now she sees me digging through the trash can she knows now that I threw her fire away so I was looking through the trash and it happened to be on the top 
nothing gross on it, you know, so I pulled it out, and I looked at Lydia, and I said, Lydia, I'm sorry, I didn't know this was your fire, and I threw it away, and she just looked at me, she grabbed it, she just turned her head, and she says, it's okay, everybody makes mistakes, and she just skipped on out. I was like, yes, Lydia knows that, that nobody's perfect, everybody makes mistakes, and you know, sometimes we need to just have that childlike attitude that, hey, people are going to mess up, but have you said stuff like this before? Have you said stuff like, he's a good man, but, she's a good wife, but, oh, you know, my coworker, most of the time they do their work, but, and you have all of these buts in our life don't we? And what does, has Jeff been on this stage so many times, and he's talked about those buts in our life, right? How we're not supposed to emphasize. When we emphasize the buts in our life, we are looking at the negative and not the positive. And God wants us to look, as much as it depends on us, towards the good. And sometimes this takes a lot of creativity on our part to try to find the good in people. But I know if Paul could do it, going through the circumstances that he went through, that we too need to try to find the good in people. So let's keep going. How are we going to enjoy the people in your life and in my life? Number two is we're going to practice positive prayers. Our second point is practice positive prayers. Philippians 1 and 4 says this, Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. Paul says when he prays, if you'll circle the word pray, he does it with joy. Again, we remember what he went through, but he says, no, when I pray for you, I'm going to, I pray with joy. And it's not so easy to pray, pray positive prayers when people have hurt you. Our first prayer may, sound, may be rough. You know, when somebody hurts me, our first prayer may be, God, you know what they did, you get them, right? Just being honest, that's what we do. That's what we naturally do, right? We go to that bad, God, they did this to me, now you do this to them, don't let their car start or something. And I think, I think that God almost, he understands that when we're hurt, it's hard to pray positive prayers at first. But Paul helps us with this as well. He didn't leave us empty-handed. If we go on down to Philippians 9, 1, 9 through 11, I'm going to read this verse. On your outline, you have a lot of fill-ins. We're going to come back to the fill-ins, okay? I'm going to read the verse, and then we're going to come back to those fill-ins. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Paul here has given us an outline for positive prayer. So we're going to go back and we're going to fill in some of those blanks. After the phrase, love may abound, you have, pray they will, this is what I want you to fill in, grow in love. The first blank there is grow in love. Pray they will, grow in love. The second phrase there is discern what is best. This is the second thing we need to pray. Pray they will make wise choices. Make wise choices choices. The third thing, after the phrase, be pure and blameless, I have pray they will do the right thing. Pray they will do the right thing. 
And after the phrase, filled with the fruit of righteousness, I've got, pray they will live for God's glory. Live for God's glory. What a great prayer guideline for us. Not just for the people that we're struggling with, but this is a great prayer to pray over everybody in our life, and including you. It can be your prayer. God, not only do you help them grow in love, help me to grow in love. Help them to make wise choices, but help me to make wise choices. Help them to do the right thing, but also, Father, help me to do the right thing. And I pray that they would live for God's glory, and also pray that I would live for God's glory. And something happens, too, when we pray. You know, before I said sometimes when, when you have a struggle with people, the first prayer is, is, oh, God, get them. But something happens in prayer that is just amazing. The more you pray, if you will dedicate yourself to pray for somebody, even the people you struggle with, over time, you will be amazed how your attitude changes while you're praying. It's just something about getting down, praying to God, that your attitude changes. And not only that, listen, how many of you believe that prayer can change things? Amen? Prayer can change things. So when you get down on your knees, not only can, does your attitude change, but God is going to change them as well. I have this statement on the screen that I want to share with you. Let's read the, I'm going to read this to you. Positive prayer is much more powerful than positive thinking. Did you get that? We've all the time been told, just think positive things, but positive prayer is much more powerful than positive thinking. See, people may reject what you say to them. They might want, not want to listen to your help, but listen, when you're down on your knees praying, they are powerless against what you're praying. So I want to encourage you with the people that you're struggling with and the, any loved one, get down on your knees and start praying positive prayers. It will help us to enjoy the people around us. If you're struggling, get down on your knees because you, they are powerless against our prayers. So on your connection card, I have a next step for you. It says this, I will pay, pray positive prayers over the people in my life. Maybe today is the day you start doing that, is that you start praying positive prayers over the people in your life. So just hold on to that. Check that box if you can do that. Let's keep going. How to enjoy the people in our life. Are you ready for number three? Be patient with people's progress. There's that word we all love, right? Be patient with people's progress. Philippians 1 and 6 says this, I am certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Now I wanted you to, we're going we're gonna to go through this first, but the first things I want you to circle are begin, circle the word begin, continue, and finished. Because of this, what God starts, he finishes. God puts all the finishing touches on everything he does, and he says, it is good. Now, again, look at me, not to the person beside you, but some of us are good starters and bad finishers. Some of you have towel that needs to be finished. A project has started, and towel has began to be laid down but it's not finished yet. Or a room. You started painting a room. It was a good start, but you didn't finish. 
Maybe you was knitting a project and you were going to knit a baby blanket for someone and you had every intention to do that, but now you've decided maybe it should just be a small hat for the baby. See, we do that, don't we? We have these big plans and we start these projects and we get them all going. And sometimes we don't finish those projects. But see, God finishes what he started. And listen, we all are in, we just need to remember that just like we're in the process of change, people are in the, everyone is in the process of changing. And we're all in this together. What we've got to do to learn to be patient with people is we've got to allow people room for growth and development. We got to give them a little, little space to grow and develop, to develop. Now, this is what we do a lot of times. A lot of times we do this, and I'm guilty of this as well, is that we look at what all needs to change in their life that we don't look at where they come from. We don't rejoice from where they come from. We look at all that needs to, to come that we don't take time to rejoice from, about what that person has gotten to right now. And we've got to do that. We've got to learn to slow down and give people a little room. Now, what does this look like in our marriages? Well, I've got a picture to show you. Jeff and I met when I was 14 and he was 15. 15. Now, we're a little bit older in that first picture. We're probably 16, 17 there. And then in the second picture, there's been a lot of growth and development between those two pictures. You see, I won't say how old, but he had a birthday the other week. And if you can figure out his age, you know my age now, right? But anyway, there has been a lot of growth and development. We are totally different people from the first picture to the second picture. And if we did not make the choice to enjoy each other along the journey, to choose love, it would have, it would have broken up. It would have crumbled. But we had to make the choice to be patient with each other. And here's the thing that you have to learn when you're learning to be patient with people in your life, is sometimes you grow faster then they grow. So sometimes you grow and you have to wait till they catch up. You have to be willing to wait a little while. And then sometimes it might be they grow faster and you have to wait till they catch up. So we have to allow people room in our lives to go from the young person that's in picture one to the older person that's in picture two. There's a lot of growth and development and everybody's in the process I saw another picture this uh, week. I thought this was so cute. This is of a man and a woman that has been together for 65 years. Listen to what it says. When asked how they managed to stay together for 65 years, the woman replied, we were born in a time where if something was broken, we fixed it, not throw it away. Right? We've got to work on it. We've got to be patient with each other, and we've got to work on it and not throw it away. How does this look when you're dealing with your kids? Because dealing with a two-year-old is totally different than dealing with a 22-year-old. I'm about to have a 22-year-old in two days. My baby is about to be 22, and it just blows my mind. The other thing that blows my mind is my son is going to be 26. Well, he is 26. 26 years old. just blows my mind. But how I dealt with them when they were two is totally different than 22. And the reason I have the picture of Caitlin up on the screen is because last week um, she had a stack of her books on our kitchen island, and um, 
She was about to leave to go somewhere, and I was like, hey, Caitlin, before you leave, will you please take those books down to your room? Don't leave them here. And she looked at me with her little two-year-old face, and she was totally kidding. She turned her head sideways, and she said, no. So I took, and I looked at her, and I dealt with her the way I would have when she was two years old. And I said, one, two, started counting. See, Caitlin had this problem when she was two years old, and she still has to deal with it a lot. She always wanted to have the last word. I don't know where she got that from. Maybe you can help me figure that out. But anyway, dealing with her from the age 2 to 22 is totally different. I'm just saying that we've got to be patient with people in their journey at where they're at and not give up on them, but to try to enjoy them. Listen, you've got to be patient with yourself too because, listen, the verse said that no one is finished until the day of Christ Jesus. That means everybody in this room, all of us, all of creation, we, all, we are all in the process no one has arrived, okay? No one has arrived. But there's one more promise in this verse that we we'll want to look to. I want you to go back into the verse of Philippians 1 and 6, and I want you to circle the word certain. We are certain that God, who began the good work, will continue. Another translation says, I am confident that God will finish what he started. This is our promise, a promise that we can hold on to, a promise that we can claim for those kids that are in our life. We can claim, hey, the good work that God has started in their life, he's not going to leave them there. He's going to continue to work in their life, and he is going to bring it around, amen, until it is finished in that spouse. God is, I am confident that God, who began the good work in them, is going to continue that, and he's going to bring it around. For your co-workers and your friends, you can claim this promise for them. And that's what I want you to do is to, in this verse, to know that there is a promise for us that we can be certain. God, Paul believed that God had the power to change people. Paul believed that no one was hopeless, and this, this was our promise. Oh, I hope today that you will claim that promise for someone. I have a next step for you. And you don't have to fill in the blank on this next step. It's just for you to know. But it says, I will be patient with blank. Now, when I said that, who came to your mind? You don't have to write it down. But would you just check that box? And this week we can pray that God will help you to be more patient with the process, in the process. So let's keep going. Number four is this. How do we enjoy the people in our life? Number four, we've got to learn to love from the heart. Love from the heart. Philippians 1 and 7 says this, So it is right that I should feel as I do about you, for, I have a, for you have a special place in my heart. Would you say this? If people are not on your heart, they're probably getting on your nerves. Yeah. See, relationships crumble sometimes because we react from our mind and not our heart. So let me tell you what I mean about that. When we react from our mind, we react automatically to what a person is saying. What's coming out of their mouth, we react to it. But when we love from our heart, we try to understand what they're saying. There's a difference, right? From their mind, we just react to what they're saying. From our heart, we try to understand what they're saying. So when a person uh, comes in, like if your wife 
comes in and says, I'm depressed. Or your kids are acting out. Your coworkers just being a jerk. Or your, that friend that hasn't called you in a while. See, the mind will respond and just say, hey, I'm going to set you straight. Or say, hey, it's dumb that you feel that way. But the heart tries to understand why and tries to hear the hurt that's going on. Tries to understand the background of why this person is acting the way they do. And if we care about someone, then we're going to try to understand them. And how do we understand a person? How do you think that we can really understand a person, people in our life? This is what we have to do is we have to ask questions and then we have to listen. We have to ask questions and then listen. Notice there was no talking involved in that. Heart love is understanding. So, all of these things I've talked about today are great steps for us, but we got one more verse that I want us to look at that's going to tie it all together and make all of this happen. It's in Philippians 1 and 8. It says this, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Paul was saying here, I long for you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Now, if you translate the word affection in this verse, translate it back to Greek, it translates to intestines. Get that? Now, you might be saying, how did, how did that work? Paul was saying this, is that I love you with gut-level love. It is a supernatural kind of love. It's not natural. It's an intense love that makes me love the unlovable. It's not a human love that can wear out, that can dry up, or that can die. You see, God's love, God's love is not something you can work up. But God's love is something that works in you. And then it works through you. So today, all of these steps that we talked about, looking for positive things, praying positive prayers, being patient with people, loving from the heart, we can't do any of that without this step right here, God in me. Do you get that? God first has to be in me before he can work through me. And you might say, well, Rhonda, how do you do that? How do you, how do you receive this love? How do you get this kind of love? By receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior is where it all starts. You see, the secret is this. There's this I have this on your outline. To enjoy the people in my life, I must be filled with God's love. So today, that may be your first step. You may say, Rhonda, I really do want to enjoy the people in my life, but I haven't taken this first step of asking Him in me. So we have a prayer in your program. We put it there every week because we know someone's always here, ready to receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And if that's you today, as I read this prayer out loud, if you mean it in your heart, guess what? You didn't have to work it up. He will be in you. So let's, I'm gonna read it to you. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Please help me turn from my sin and to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen.
You know what we ask you to do if that was your first time reading that and you meant it? We ask you to check it on your connection card that says, as one of the next steps, says, I am praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. Why do we want you to check that? So we can pray with you this week. Our staff prays over these cards each and every week. And we can also send you information that's going to help you on your walk. But we want to pray with you. If that's you today, just check that box. God wants us to enjoy the people in our life. A few years back, uh, I went to a family gathering. And it wasn't all that fun. I got there and I was just really hurt by a certain individual that was there. And this is family. And it uh, hurt me bad. Hurt me to the point where I walked out of that family gathering. And I said, I won't do that again. I'm not, I don't have to do that. I'm not going and putting myself through this. And I even said, I don't need them. I was so hurt and so broken. I walked out of that meeting or that gathering, that family gathering. And I told Jeff, I got in the car, I said, Jeff, that's it. I'm not doing that again. Don't care, don't need them. Don't need that in my life. But you see, because God is in me, wanting to work through me, every time I got on my knees to pray, what do you think come to my mind? That situation. And guess what? I finally obeyed and started praying for him. Okay, Lord, please help him. (laughs) But as I started doing that, guess what? God started changing my heart, changing my attitude. Then it was easier to be a little bit patient with him. I was like, okay, I'm going to give him a break. You know why? Because I started using some of that heart love. Because see, my upbringing was way different than theirs. They had a lot of stuff they had to go through that I didn't have to go through. So I started trying to understand where they were coming from. But you see, I couldn't do this with what, without God's love in me. So eventually, I got to pray for this person, and I really got to release it and get over it. And we had another family gathering just months after that. We usually don't have them that close together, but somebody had a big birthday. And um, so I was the first one that said, I'm going to this. I am going. It was on a Sunday. I said, even if I have to miss church, I'm going to be at this family gathering because I want to go there because you know what? I do need them. See, a lot of times we get to choose some of the people that's in our life. We can choose where we work, choose friends. But see, God put me in that family. I didn't choose that. He chose to put me there. And I need them. They need me, no matter how rough they are at times. So I went to that gathering. I was positive. I complimented this person with everything they did. And and I left that gathering that day. I got in the car, and I just felt like I was superwoman or something. I did it. But I didn't do it. God did it. He worked in me and through me. See, we said at the beginning, if our relationships are bad or strained, life can be difficult. I don't want to live a miserable life. Do you guys? I don't want to live a miserable life. I'm going to leave you with this. Life is too short 
not to enjoy the journey. Let's pray. Father, I just love you, and I thank you so much for all your blessings. I thank you, Father, for each and every person that's here today. God, I know that you want us to enjoy the people in our life. God, you've called us to be the light into the world. And Father, I know that you're going to work in us and you're going to work through us. Because Father, you want your children to have a good life. God, I pray now that you would just begin to work on our hearts and change our attitudes. Help us to understand. Help us to be patient, Father. Help us to look for the good in others, God. So that not only can you work in us, you can work through us. In your name we pray. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.